Sylvia, and this is Out Loud a Gizmo, a saying my dad made up. This is a storytelling podcast where you will experience excitement, laughter, reality, and mind-blowing adventures. Today, my dad's adventures take him out of Arizona again and back to Texas, but this time a different city, a completely different job, and well, you can just hear it for yourself. Here it goes. Chapter 28 Clifton Johnson, Liesel's husband, called from Odessa, Texas one day and said I need a hand over here. Clifton Johnson and Curly Jones owned a welding shop in Odessa called J&J Steel. Jones and Johnson is where the J&J came from. They built oil field equipment like water tanks, oil storage tanks, heater treaters, and everything for the oil field. The oil fields were really booming then. They were drilling oil wells wherever there was a piece of land big enough to set up a derrick. So, we moved to Odessa. I went to work as a welder's helper at $1.25 an hour. I had only been working about two days when Ruth got sick. She had cramps and a stomachache. The doctor told her it was appendicitis. They took her appendix out. I took Edward and Andy and Skippy over to JW's, Ruth's brother, so they could go to school. I stayed over there with them at night. Liesel kept Brenda and Sylvia. When Ruth got out of the hospital, she stayed with Liesel until she was able to get around and do her work. Then we moved out to our house that we had rented. It was on 50th and Golder, north of town, with all dirt roads. We found all of the cracks crammed with rags. We didn't know what it was all about, so we pulled them out. We found out why, the next day. It came a big sandstorm, and there was dirt piled on the floors and on the furniture. You could write your name on top of the washing machine every day. She cleaned it up. And then the next day it was the same thing. One day I told Clifton that we had all of the sand that we could take, and we were going to move back to Arizona, as soon as I could build me a trailer. A couple of days later he came over the house and said, If y'all will stay, we'll make you a down payment on a house, and you will get you a bigger house and get out of this sand bed at this place. So we went over and looked at the new houses they were building. We liked the looks of them and bought one. It was a two-bedroom and one-bath little house, but we made it work. The house was $7,900. We paid $700 down, and the payments were $54 a month. It sounded like a lot of money, but we bought it anyway. The house was at 3621 North Tom Green Street. Chapter 29 One day there was an accident at the shop. J.W. got his foot in a steel roll and mashed his toes off. After they got well, he moved to California. J.W. had been the shop foreman, so when he left, Clifton made me the shop foreman. By then I knew how to weld. So, from then on, all I had to do was show others how to weld, if I hired new ones. We had 15 guys working there. We were turning out water tanks, tool houses, mud pits, oil storage tanks, anything that anybody needed in the oil field. We built it. Chapter 30 Clifton sold out his part of the business in 1957 or so, and moved to Cristobal, Texas which is below San Angelo. Curly made me the general superintendent. One day it was about time for the oil show, 
and we were putting up our sheds and moving our equipment to the Coliseum grounds for the show. I was riding back with Curly, and I said, Curly, I think I'm going back to welding. He said, what do you mean? I said, that's just what I mean. I've got welders making more money than I am making. And he questioned, really? Well, I'll take care of that. So he gave me a $1,000 a month raise. He said he was also going to sell me stock in the company, and you can pay that out a little at a time as you go. Every Christmas, they had a stockholders meeting. About eight or ten businessmen around the community, some from Odessa, some from Midland, and some as far away as Sweetwater, who owned stock in the place, would come down there. At night all of us would go across the street to the big cafe to eat, and would wind up just about drunk. Curly would go around passing the bottle around, and he gave me a paper cup, and he'd pour some whiskey in it. Then, I'd go over to the drinking fountain and dump it out, and get me some water real quick, and turn it up and drink it. And he'd come around and see it empty, and he'd pour some more in it, and I'd go back over to the drinking fountain and do it again. He was telling some of them guys, old Dave sure can handle that whiskey, can't he? Chapter 31 I began to get ulcers from the pressure and everything around there at that job. I can understand why Cliff sold out. Somebody would come into the shop and say, Anybody seen Dave? And somebody would say, Yeah, he's down there in the warehouse. He'd see me down there, and he'd walk down there through the shop. And in the meantime, I would go outside, and come around back, up to the front. When he'd get down there at the back, then I'd be up front. He'd say, you're the hardest guy to catch that I ever did see. I said, well you gotta be fast around this place, to keep up. Anyway, my ulcers got to hurting me so bad, that I went to the doctor. And he gave me medicine. And that's about all they'd do for it. Every day, I'd go out and hide. They had a building out next to us, that was made out of tin. We had it for storage. I'd go out there and get upstairs where it was real hot. And I'd lay down there and sweat. And that seemed like it made me feel better. I'd hear people down there hollering for me, and looking around for me. Chapter 32 We made a lot of good friends there in Odessa. The Kerrigans lived across the alley from us. They had two boys, Fred and David, that Edward hung around with. They had a girl, Christy, that Brenda and Andy played around with. Sylvia had some friends there, one was Kathy Corley who lived up the street a ways. There's too many to name all our friends. The Pattons lived next door to us. Two of their girls, Shirley and Barbara Patton, would come over to take baths with Brenda and Andy. Okay, I know that sounds strange, but that's what people did back then. Oh well. One day their little boy, Bobby Lewis, about Sylvia's age, came over. He was only about four or five. Anyway, he had his pajamas with him and he said, I'm here to take a bath with CK. He'd say CK because he couldn't say Sylvia K. Anyway, Ruth said, no, you go back home and take a bath. You can't take a bath with her. One day I had the yard all dug up to get ready to put grass in. And every time I'd step outside the house, the Patton's big dog would bark at me. He'd bark and bark. Every time I'd come home from work, he'd meet me at my pickup and bark, bark, bark. So one day he came running out and I said to myself, I've had enough of this. So I jumped over into the plowed up ground, on my hands and knees, and ran at the dog and barked, like he did. 
the dog tucked his tail between his legs and ran through the gate and inside their backyard. That dog never barked at me anymore. They had another dog, a little dog that they'd let out at night. Their bedroom was on the other side of the house, and the door that the dog went to was on the side of the house by our bedroom. And when it would want to get back in the house, it would scratch and scratch on their door. Ruth would get so tired of hearing it cause it was keeping us awake that she'd go to the phone and call Mrs. Patton. And when she would answer the phone, Ruth would hang up. Then Mrs. Patton would hear the little dog scratching on the door and would come let it in. They also got a goat that bawed and bawed all night long, but that's another story and there are too many to tell. One time at Easter, the TG&Y department store gave away little chickens to kids when they'd come in, and Sylvia got one. So then the Pattons sent all of their kids and their kids' friends there to get one, too. There must have been a dozen or so. They were all pinned up beside our house. But they all turned out to be roosters. They were learning how to crow, and it got to where every night at midnight, they started to cock a doodle doo and would crow from then on until sunup. I got so tired of it. I'd go out with a water hose, and I watered those chickens down. I think all of them got the croup, and they'd try to crow and cough at the same time. One day Mrs. Patton said, them chickens don't look so good, I think I can get somebody to come out here and kill them for me. She was going to kill them and eat them. I was glad about that, cause I thought about how many times they kept me awake all night. Sylvia's chicken turned out to be a hen. Her name was Miss Hen. She'd lay an egg just about every day. But Miss Hen got mauled two or three times by a dog that jumped over the fence. After that happened, we'd have to nurse her back to health, and she'd start laying again. But because of the danger, we decided to give her to my dad. He lived at Colorado City Lake, Texas, about 100 miles from where we lived. So we took her down there, where my dad, Guy and Maddie, had a lot of chickens. Maddie was Guy's second wife. We put Miss Hen in the pen with the other chickens. Every time we'd go out the Colorado City Lake to visit, Miss Hen would come up to the fence when we called her. She still laid an egg every day. The way that they could tell was that her eggs were a different color than the other ones. One day they heard a commotion outside and they went out to take a look and Miss Hen was in the minnow pond with just her head sticking out, going cock cock cock. They got her out and dried her off. Later, I guess she died because of her old age. You know, there was a lot going on in Odessa when we lived there, and Daddy only touched on some of the many stories we used to tell over and over over the years of escapades and things that went on there in Odessa. I guess he couldn't get to all of it, but at least he touched on it. <laughs> Stay tuned. Next week, we'll have the last chapters of what he actually wrote, and then after that, I'll recap the rest of the story. But stay tuned for next week. We'll see you then. Please come back to hear all of the many different stories of my dad's life. Each chapter and episode will take you on adventures as he grows up. And don't forget to press subscribe or follow so you can come back and listen to the real life stories. Because I want you to be able to envision his world through your ears. 
And goodness gracious, out loud a gizmo, you're in for a wonderful adventure. Bye-bye now. This podcast was hosted by Sylvia Gant. Thanks to my dad, Dave Pickett, for writing the stories. A special thanks to Uncle Bill Pickett for the piano music. Thank you.